Defense Secretary Panetta also spoke today about tensions in Afghanistan. He touched on the issue of attacks by Afghan soldiers on coalition soldiers, so-called green-on-blue attacks. They've been on the rise since President Obama announced a drawdown of forces. This year, 51 international service members have died at the hands of Afghan forces or militants wearing their uniforms. The world's Arun Roth has more. At a press conference last month, Defense Secretary Leon Panetta almost wrote off the green-on-blue attacks as a sign of the Taliban's desperation in the face of coalition gains in Afghanistan. The reality is the Taliban has not been able to regain any territory lost. And so they're resorting to these kinds of attacks to uh, create havoc. But by the Pentagon's own estimate, only about 10 percent of green-on-blue attacks involve Taliban infiltration. Since almost all the attackers are killed, it's difficult to determine a motive. But the overwhelming majority of Afghans who turn against the International Security Assistance Force, or ISAF, apparently make the decision to do so on their own. For many observers, that's scarier than Taliban infiltration. It's very, very worrying because it implies a level of mistrust and suspicion between the Afghan population, security forces, and the international troops, which is is very extreme and disturbing. Rory Stewart is a conservative member of the British Parliament who has traveled extensively through Afghanistan. He says tensions often grow from cultural conflicts, whether subtle offenses from tone of voice, eating and drinking boisterously during the day during Ramadan, or more overt disrespect. And such slights and misunderstandings are inevitable. The longer you're there, in a sense, the more tensions, the more mistrust, the more suspicion builds up. I've been in Afghanistan on and off now for 10 years, and I speak an Afghan language, but I'm still capable of causing offense without intending to because I've misunderstood the context of a situation. I think it's not realistic to expect that you could train 120,000 foreign soldiers to have ideal diplomatic skills. If the cultural problems weren't intractable enough, there are other profound problems that are pushing Afghan soldiers and police to the breaking point. Candice Rondeau is the International Crisis Group's senior analyst based in Kabul. She says frequently green-on-blue attacks are precipitated by green-on-green conflicts. One of the things that really complicates the situation is that um, relations between Afghan rank-and-file soldiers and police and their commanders are often very fraught. Uh, There are factions at work, political factions, within the military services, within the police, uh, that make it very difficult for the average Afghan soldier uh, to get along, get his salary, uh, and do his job without interference. And I think... That is something that ISAF still has to grapple with, is the political implications um, of this kind of factionalism that seems to be arising and seems to be driving some of the insider attacks. All that stress, combined with the trauma of combat, can make for a volatile mix. But what we don't often hear about is, is just the low morale uh, that comes from being on the front lines every day. Uh, some of these guys sign up for three-year contracts, and they're in places like Helmand and, and Kandahar, uh, and they're under a great deal of stress. Rondo says the spike in green-on-blue attacks could be directly related to the increase in fighting since the 2009 surge. That means Afghan soldiers and ISAF soldiers are going out there much more often on the battlefield. Um, they're encountering you know, a lot more um, you know, serious firefights. The stress levels are very high. There is no discussion of PTSD in Afghanistan. In fact, Rondo says there is a strict taboo about discussing that sort of vulnerability. Coalition forces have announced, in the wake of the increased green-on-blue violence, that they are revamping and improving the vetting process for Afghan soldiers and police. 
But it's hard to imagine how they could screen for these kinds of issues. And given the demographics of the force, Rory Stewart says it's misleading to even talk about vetting. This is a, a very, very rough and ready, hurried attempt to try to build up a massive Afghan security force, essentially often out of illiterate villages. And therefore, I think vetting is, is completely unrealistic. The ISAF commanders in Afghanistan may have come to the same conclusion. On Monday, General John Allen ordered that joint patrols with Afghan and ISAF forces be suspended until further notice. The new arrangement may protect U.S. forces, but it may not work out as well for the Afghan forces now going on patrol alone. For The World, I'm Arun Roth.